episode of the Sooner Nation podcast. I guess we can dub this one the Thunder Nation podcast. We got Zach Lowe, one of the Thunder guys, jumping in here and going to talk some NBA basketball with this, more specifically, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Zach, it's good to have you on, man. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm a teacher on summer break, so I'm just uh, I'm looking for little projects and things to do. So I'm happy to come on and chat some basketball now that we actually have some some news starting to break and move towards the restart of the season. Right, for sure. So the season is going to restart somewhere around the end of July. What we don't know yet is in what type of format that it's going to restart. We're going to jump in and talk about some of that, but kind of reset the scene for us, Zach. We're, we're as, as you know, it's been 80 days since play, since play stopped. Talk about where Oklahoma City was. They were in the fifth seed, but if they would have won that game against Utah, they would have been in the fourth seed. What were the major storylines? What was going on with this team when everything paused? Well, I think for the most part, things were really starting to go, I mean, or I guess I should say continuing to go well for the Thunder. They'd won eight of their last ten uh, going into the uh, – into the Utah Jazz game, but that fateful night where the NBA was put on pause. And, I mean, I, I know I personally felt like that was going to be a win. Rudy Gobert was out. Granted, we didn't know that he was out with the, uh, with the coronavirus, but we, we knew that he was out. <clears throat> and with him absent, I just felt like it was going to be a really good night with the momentum the Thunder had going in to take over the fourth seed and kind of just continue to head into the playoffs with some of that momentum. And it, I, I mean, you know, this, this, the big story of the season was there's no way the Thunder are going to make the playoffs. And then they start getting into the conversations like, okay, they could probably creep in at the eight seed. If, it, you know, if things, if things fall the way that they just absolutely would be awesome if they could. And then and here they are and they're, they're in the mix for home court advantage. And I, I just feel like it was a, this whole pause was terrible for some teams, really good for some teams. And I think the Thunder was one of those that it was really terrible for just because the momentum was so good and the positioning and, and, and jockeying for that home court advantage, the timing really was not great. Now, are there positives that can come out of it with extra rest and some stuff like that for sure? But for the most part, I mean, the Thunder were riding high, one of, one of the hottest teams in the league. And uh, I, I think now – maybe more so than at the time, the rest of the NBA is kind of aware how good the Thunder really is when they're playing their best basketball and everybody's healthy. And that was so key. It was For the most part, everybody was healthy. Well, and you, uh, you know, you answered my question as far as what you thought that would happen that night. And so, it, I mean, as a Thunder fan, do you, you look at it, do you look at it as Oklahoma City is in the fifth seed, which they actually are, or do you look at this more as a, as a fourth-seeded team? And the reason why I'm asking you that question is because let's just assume for right now, for just for the sake of this part of the conversation, the NBA goes with a normal playoff format. You're playing Utah one way or the other, and now you're going to play them in Orlando as opposed to Oklahoma City and Salt Lake City. Does it really matter, the fourth seed or the fifth seed at that point? Oh, not at all. Like, it literally makes no difference because you're still going to end up playing uh, probably the Lakers in the next round. Uh, it's it's not going to make uh, – I think if anything, uh, it might give the Thunder an advantage being the five seed because then they're viewed as the underdog, even if it is just a one seed difference. They're still looked at as, well, this team shouldn't even be in the playoffs. And if you, if you remember the Jazz, they were supposed to be contenders. Right. Uh, Craig and I actually had a bet that they were going to be 
uh, that I bet that they were going to be a top four seed. And I honestly forgot that if I want the Thunder to move into the four, I would lose the bet in the process. That just now clicked in my mind. So I, I, I anticipated that they were going to be a contender in the West, even with the the Lakers and the Clippers. And then I, I picked the Nuggets as uh, in, in the preseason to be the eventual champs. So the West is stacked. And with all that in place, I anticipated that they were going to be uh, really good and they have been good, but I really feel like they've, they've not met their expectations. Whereas the thunder has completely overshot by a mile their expectations. So taking all of those things into the mix, if the thunder ends up being the four seed and they are looked at as the better team, then what happens if they let down? Then mm-hmm. what happens if they lose in the first round? Uh, it, it's going to be the same old, you know, crying and oh, here we go again. Another first round exit. That, that brand of Thunder fan is going to come out and I'm just going to roll my eyes into the back of my head because they shouldn't be here to begin with. So at this point for me, do I want to see success in the playoffs? Definitely. I've seen a lot of crazy talk that who knows, maybe this break will fuel them to be able to push to win a championship. And I'm like, guys, let, let's, let's keep our heads on straight here. And we're just glad to, I'm just glad to be at the party. So uh, regardless of what really happens, I want to be competitive, obviously, uh, even if that is for future experience, future generations of, of Thunder players. I, I'm not expecting, you know, this, this miraculous playoff come together and they just start running through teams. Uh, do I think they can win a first-round series? Absolutely. Do I think they compete in the second round? Perhaps. Are they going are, are to go and beat the Lakers or the Clippers in the second round? That would be one of those, like, like completely out of left field, rarely seen situations, not even really going to give it a a statistical scenario, like dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance that would be that situation. But when it comes down to it, to answer your, go back to the initial question, four or five seed, no difference, especially when you're playing for one home court game, but when there is no home court, it doesn't matter. So let's talk about the, the format of how the NBA would start. Now, the small market teams, and I think Oklahoma City, I mean, obviously they, they qualify as a small market team, but they definitely rabid fan base, even though it is a small market team, and, and probably the, one of the strongest, if not the strongest fan bases of the small markets. But they're, they're pushing for a 30-team restart. You hear other people say, just jump right into the playoffs, go with your 16 teams. I, if you listen to the, our, our last week's podcast, I'm a huge proponent of what the NHL is doing. I see no shame in taking that format and moving it into the NBA. I love the kind of the pool play around Robin style and the, the first, you know, couple of rounds. And then you set your seating based on that. It gives you the opportunity to have those startup games. I mean, what, what is your, in your opinion, because you fall basketball way more than I do. What's the best option? Play in games? an extended playoff format, a normal st- – because I, I think everybody pretty much is at this point is saying no meaningless games. I mean, every, there's right. a lot of people on that Damon Lillard bandwagon. If I don't have a <laughs> chance, I'm not playing. So what do you think? What's the best option here? I think the best option is that there's – we don't know what the best option is. We, we <laughs> cannot have these uh, – unfortunately, we can't do alternate timelines where we run every scenario and see which one happened to work out best. They've got one shot to do this. And it, I mean, it could go terribly wrong. Let's be honest. Uh, I, and even if it does go terribly wrong, I don't think too many people are going to be upset simply because, Hey, we've got basketball back in the middle of a pandemic. Hooray for that. Uh, I, I, my, my 
biggest issue with the group play scenario, the round robin and then reseeding is it, it'd be a one-off. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it. That's for sure. Just because everything else is already thrown out of whack. But the thing is, what if something goes terribly right with it? Now, are, are we just going to switch to it? What if it goes terribly wrong? Well, we shouldn't have done that. Or uh, I, I don't like all the talk of the asterisk on the championship. Right. I, don't, I don't buy that. Uh, the year that the Th- Thunder went to the finals in 2012, that was a lock- lockout year. Uh, I think the NBA played 65 games, I believe it was. Does, did the Heat get an asterisk for that championship? I don't think so. It was basically an NBA season. No matter what happens here, is it different? Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter what time of year they're playing these games. I mean, we get all nostalgic and it messes with our emotions, but it's still basketball, you know? So I don't, I don't think, I don't like the idea of putting an asterisk on it. So I think when you mess with tradition too much without phasing it in, then you run the risk of, well, that didn't really count. They did it that way or whatever. Uh, on the flip side, there are some positives to it. I like, I, I think it would be fun to uh, do the round robin thing because literally every game is super important at that point. It's basically every game is a playoff game to get you into the playoffs and the reseeding that might uh, to me, that might mix too much up what's already been accomplished. It's like, what was really the point of, of the NBA season up to this point? So I guess my, my concern uh, obviously would be getting put into a, a, a you know, a, a death group mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want that to happen where it completely destroys your seating. But at the same side, uh, it could potentially help you out where it could hurt, you know, like, for example, uh, the Lakers, I don't think they want to do that because they have nothing to lose right now. The Lakers and the Bucks, they're the one seed. They, they deserve that and, and yada, yada. And uh, doing anything out of the norm can only hurt them. Uh, whereas you've got other teams like, like the Blazers and, and uh, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans that are right on that line where they've got – you know, they've got everything to play for. So sure. Why not give them a try? Uh, if it's up to me, I like the idea of coming in and doing the, uh, I think they're trying to make it a 70 game season might be one of the 70, 72, something like that, where they play like eight or 10 games. I think having, having those, those initial uh, games as like a warm up is probably best. I don't like the idea of jumping straight into the playoffs. These guys haven't played for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, you lose something when that happens. So I think there definitely needs to be some type of warm-up period like that and then go into the playoffs. I like the idea. I don't know if you saw the whole uh, take the bottom four and let them do a little tournament for the eight seed. I don't mind that because the one-eight matchup has been so boring for so many years. Like uh, I remember forever ago when the Warriors upset the Mavs the year that Dirk won the MVP. That was wild. The eight seed came away with the wind, and, and it was insane. We're not going to see that with the Lakers or the Bucks. I don't see them getting upset in the first round to the eight seed. So I'll, I like the idea of a little mini play-in tournament like that. But as far as the, as the group play goes, I just I feel like that might be too different at this point. So uh, again, I have no idea what they're going to decide. <laughs> I feel like at this point they could do something completely different just to be like, hey, what the heck? Why not? Let's try it. Listening to a special edition of the Sooner Nation podcast, focusing on the Oklahoma City Thunder and the NBA. As uh, we can say now, it's June first when we're recording this. We can say NBA is coming back next month, which is pretty exciting to say in itself. You know, the only thing I would add to that, Zach, is about the asterisk, is that 
they're already talking about because you, they're pushing back this season so far. Next season is going to start late, maybe oh, as late as December or even early January. So does that mean back if you if you give an asterisk this season, do you have to do it next season as well because it's going to <laughs> exactly. be shortened? So that's that's my only uh, point on that. Uh, Zach Lowe from the Thunder Guys joining us uh, for uh, just a special talk about the NBA. Zach, here's here's what I we we talked a little bit about that four or five seed not not really mattering because you're going to be playing these games in Orlando, Florida, and there's no home court advantage there. I kind of get a bad rap sometimes because I'm not per se an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I am a basketball right. fan, and I've gone to playoff games. I've gone to multiple Thunder games. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy going to those games. But as I again. I, Going back to what I said last week on our podcast, man, tell me where to watch this on TV, and I will sit down with a bowl of popcorn and watch it all day long. Oh, yeah. As, a, as an ardent Thunder fan that you are, because you're at a lot of the games, is it, is it going to be kind of painful knowing that you're, this is your team, they're in the playoff, a championship hunt, and – you can't be there to scream. You just only can watch it on TV. Or are you at this point, 80 days into this lockdown that you're like, just give me something to watch. I think there's a balance of that. I'm, I'm, did you get a chance to watch the, uh, the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? Well, yes and no, I haven't seen all of it. Okay. So I was made, I made sure the kids were in bed. I'm sitting in my living room. Literally I take my phone and I set it on the other side of the couch and I sit down and I'm glued to the television for two hours every Sunday night during the month of May, uh, except for Mother's Day. I made a, a slight adjustment, still ended up getting to watch it because my wife's awesome, but I uh, didn't get to watch it live then. But I didn't want my phone. I didn't want to see anybody else's reactions because this was, this was the last dance occurred during the initial uh, grooming, I guess you could say, of my love for the NBA. So while I don't remember much of it, I remember a lot about Michael Jordan. I read every mm -hmm. single kid's book about him that I could get my hands on. And so I was just eating it up. Now, I think part of that's because, yeah, I loved MJ and I love all these stories that have never been told, this background info. And I'm just kind of a, a background info kind of guy. I, I, I live for that kind of stuff. But they could not have made a better decision than to move the, the date up to release that than during the pandemic because everybody's hungry for something. I mean, they're replaying ESPN ate the Ocho clips on regular ESPN because they got nothing to do. It's just – and all these hardwood classics and stuff, and it's like, yeah, this is basketball, but it's just – it's not the same. Like knowing it's, it's – you, I feel like you have to be really into one of the two teams and the situation to care about old games like that. But for me, it, just the timing of it all, it was so important. So it was just sports. Getting back to live basketball, I think there's a big part of it is going to be we have basketball. I can't complain. I just need to enjoy it for what it is. And then on the flip side, you know, not getting to be there live, especially for a playoff game. I've, I'm kind of growing to the point where if I'm comfortable – and I'm in a, in a fun setting. I don't necessarily have to be at the game to be able to enjoy it. Uh, if it's a high-stakes game, I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, I've sat and watched some of the most intense Thunder basketball games in the history of the franchise by myself and enjoyed them, and that's totally fine. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that every night, obviously, but, but I have done it. So there's an element of, of missing that. But I think the hardest part is when you think of teams that are uh, like the Milwaukee Bucks that have been on the rise, I feel bad for their fans. Because to me, they've got a really good shot at making a run at the, run at the finals. And 
you know, this say say this is their shot. Those fans will never get to experience a finals game. Maybe say say this is the one year that 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 they end up making it, which I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they've got a bright future, but there are some teams that like this may be their only chance to get to a, go to a playoff game and they're going to miss out on that. So there, there is some disappointment there, but uh, I mean, what do you do? I, I feel like the, the league has done a responsible job. I think they've handled the situation about as well as they can in light of all the unknown uh, factors. And when it comes down to it, I'm just glad to get basketball back, finding out that at least now it's, uh, there's a tentative date coming. Like that's mm-hmm. I'm I'm so ready for Thursday. I want to know what's what's going to be decided, and I can't wait because then at least I can put a I can put a mark on my calendar. Okay, when this starts, uh, we're getting back into it. And so I'm I'm just excited that there's going to be basketball again. And is it going to be different? Yeah, but what about life isn't different right now? So right. I feel like we're just kind of getting used to adjustments. Well, looking beyond the season, I mean, there's so much we could talk about. We could literally go for hours on this, but. Um, you know, looking beyond the season, at some point it's going to come to an end for Oklahoma City, and then there's some pretty big decisions to make. It's it's almost a foregone conclusion. No one really debated that Gallinari will not be with this team next season. But what right. about a guy like Chris Paul, who really – one of the things that I've enjoyed for me as a I'm – a, I'm a man of culture. I like to watch people watching the – evolution of Oklahoma City fans from the moment that trade went down and you lost Russell Westbrook and you you got Chris Paul to the just the actual anguish that the fan base was going through over that to now it's like man we love Chris Paul we hated this guy and now we love him talk about I mean look Gallinari right tell me if I'm wrong he's gone but what about Chris Paul well when it comes to Gallinari I think it would take something crazy, which isn't too far-fetched when you're talking about Sam Presti. Uh, it would take something crazy for him to get to stay. I think the most logical uh, conclusion that I can come to is that a sign-in trade is going to happen. Uh, I think that's just going to benefit. Obviously, that would be huge for the Thunder. And I could see that benefiting some other teams that are trying to unload salary that still want him because he's a valuable piece. You know, he's he's had a – a fairly injury-prone career, but he's been extremely healthy this season. Missed a couple games here and there. Sat out some a couple of back-to-back, you know, the second half of a back-to-back. But besides that, he's been pretty healthy as, as far as I can tell. And he's still performing at a really high level. So I think he's got, realistically, he probably has another season or two of playing at that high level. And I think that two-year contract with a third-year option is probably in his future. I don't think the Thunder can afford to do that where they're sitting right now. Winning a championship next year is probably not in the cards. So I don't see them wanting to obviously go over the tax and spend all that money. Tried that. Went down that road. Went down in in, in a burst of flames. Don't want to do that one again. So I don't see that happening for him. Chris Paul, on the other hand. Now, first off, I think the measure of a man is how well he can admit when he's wrong. I was so wrong about Chris Paul and I've tried to be as adamant and public about that in every chance that I get. I I wrote a post about it because I literally, when the trade went through my thought process went, this is my first thought. It had to be for him. Like we lost Russell Westbrook, my, my hero for this guy. 
Like, this is who we get in the trade. I hope he's never in a Thunder uniform. That was my thought. That, those were my words. I, I put this out there on social media. I made sure everybody knew it. I didn't want him. I, I've, I've not liked him for as long as I can remember. And I know he was here with the, with the Hornets, and I think that might have been the one or two seasons that I actually cared about him after that. I was like, I can't stand this guy, yada, yada, yada. It took me about maybe 10 games where I was, like, starting to see it happening, and I was terrified because I knew it was coming. I knew the, 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 the mind changing was happening. I could see my perception of him changing. And by Christmas, it, it was pretty evident that I was wrong about him. And not just from the perspective of I don't like him. It was just I genuinely think that he was painted as a bad teammate, more so in Houston than in Los Angeles. I think he, he got a bad rap on his way out of Los Angeles. But especially so in Houston, I think he, got, he had this reputation as being a bad teammate. When in reality, maybe it was he was just the people he was around weren't the best teammates. Mm. Uh, so I feel like my respect for James Harden went down, which, you know, he's just kind of been a non-factor for me. It's He's whatever. He he does the 20 free throw ga- per game kind of thing, and I don't really like that, yada, yada. I'm not going to harp on that. But I feel like the fact that James Harden couldn't function with Chris Paul hurt James Harden. It hurt the Rockets. They were outstanding for a couple seasons. And in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, had they learned to get along better, how much better could they have been? Because I put all the success that the Thunder's experiencing, so much of that falls on his shoulders. If Chris Paul doesn't come in, if he doesn't basically buddy up with Billy Donovan, if he doesn't take Shea Gildas-Alexander underneath his wing, if he doesn't mentor all the, all the young guys, if he doesn't do those things, the Thunder is not experiencing the success that they have this season, and the future is not nearly as bright as it now is. I think he has set the thunder up for success for the next however many years, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. He has played such a big part in that, and uh, I think he's going to be back for another season because of what he's done and what's what's so evident. I, I don't think anybody can look at, at at the Thunder season as a whole and not point to Chris Paul as he's the, he's the leading factor for the success. And, I mean, he's a hefty price tag. And could he be moved? I think Presti would move him if it was to a contender to give him a chance to win because I don't think he does Chris Ball dirty like that. And it would have to be major assets coming back because, yes, he has a hefty price tag, but he's proven he's still valuable. I don't know if this whole vegan thing is actually as solid as it appears to be. Uh, The fact that he's got me considering – giving it a try like a week out of a month. Like if I could go a week without eating a burger or a steak, that would be just life-changing. Uh, but the fact that I, the thought has even entered my mind, obviously Chris Paul's doing something right. So uh, you, you were, you're dead on. I, I flipped the script so fast. I love the guy. I love what he brings uh, as a teammate, as a mentor, uh, as, I mean, I could see him coaching in the future. That's for, for dang sure. But uh, I, I do see him coming back next season just because I think that's best for him uh, and best for the Thunder, definitely. Um, I I do hope if he does stay that we can make a push in the playoffs because he's a guy that I never thought I would say this, but I think he deserves a ring. I think he deserves a shot at a ring the one year that he had a shot. You know, he was dealing with those injuries in Houston, and uh, that's a bummer for him, but he's a great guy. So I've flipped the script, and I give him all the respect in the world now. Well, you mentioned – Chris Paul and the future of coaching, which I agree with you on that, but you got a coach right now in Billy Donovan. And one of the things that I said about this season is again, I'm, I'm the outsider. I'm that guy 
on the outside right. looking in at this deal. But one of the things that I said was that this season has, has proven that Billy Donovan can coach. The guy yes. kind of knows what he's doing. For sure. Now, he's in, he's in the final year of a contract. He's for, you know, just using the quote, he's been a lame duck coach because he has nothing for next year. But when you hear Sam Presti talk now, he's been pleased with Billy Donovan. Is, are, number one, as a fan, are you okay if Billy Donovan comes back? And then number two, as a guy who covers this team, is Billy Donovan coming back? I'm totally okay with him coming back. I think where he thrives is teaching, coaching, mentoring young players. He was given a situation where guys were already in their prime, blooming well, and he had to come in and, and establish himself, not just as a, a new coach to them, but a new coach in the NBA, coming straight out of college. Completely different scenario, which I thought he handled gracefully. Obviously did very well that first year. It's hard not to when you have Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on your, on your team. But I did think that he did well. I, thought, and I always point to that series with the San Antonio Spurs. I thought the reason the Thunder won that was because he outcoached Greg Popovich. Now, I'm not saying he's a better coach than Popovich. I think that he did a better job in that one series. Uh, so, so I think this whole time I thought he's been able to coach, but – I genuinely thought he was going to be gone at the end of last season because I didn't think he was the right coach. Now, that was before the entire lineup got turned upside down, Russell Westbrook gone, Paul George gone, Jeremy Grant gone, all these big changes. And now I'm like, okay, well, let's see what he does. And I think that was the best thing that could have happened for Billy Donovan. I don't think, it, I don't think he would want to say – losing Russell Westbrook is a good thing. Cause I think he and Russ had a great relationship. I think he loved Russell Westbrook. I think he probably couldn't do as much coaching as he wanted to uh, because Russ probably wasn't that guy for him, but Russ leaving completely allowed uh, Billy Donovan to reinvent himself. Cause he had one shot one season to do whatever it is that needs to be done. And I thought he's done a great job. And a big part of that, again, I, I point to Chris Paul, different kind of point guard, different kind of leader, uh, just different in so many different aspects. I think that's that has benefited him along with all the young guys. So as a fan, I would love to have him back. I genuinely would. Uh, covering the team from just a technical perspective of do I think it's going to happen, I guess I go back to if not him, then who? Mm -hmm. Who's available? People are going to throw out those same old names. Uh, Mark Price. Uh, not, not Mark. Uh, Mark Jackson. Uh and uh, Mark who, Price may guy? not be a bad option either. <laughs> uh, Mark Jackson and uh, who's uh, Van Gundy? He, he always gets thrown into the conversation. I'm like, I can't stand him as an announcer. I can't imagine him as a coach. Uh, there's just these old heads, these, these names that guys have that have coached. And then my, my response to that is always, so why aren't they coaching now? Oh, because oh, they got fired. And whether it was whether you agree with why this guy got fired or that guy got fired, whatever. But my thing is, He's, he's been here. He's already started to develop relationship with some of these young guys. And I think having Chris Paul there almost is like a partner coach, a player coach to uh, be that middleman probably with the rookies, with the young guys. I think that has benefited not just Billy Donovan, but I think it's benefited Chris Paul because it's painted him in a new light. It's benefited particularly Shea Gildas Alexander because the jump that he made from rookie to sophomore year, it was a big one without a doubt. And I'm looking at the other young guys with Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, all these guys. And I'm thinking, this is a crew that Billy Donovan can coach. Mm -hmm. These are the guys, like, these are young guys. This is, this is what, this is like his bread and butter. 
he was so successful in college. These are the kind of guys that I think he can relate to and maybe do a little bit more with. So looking at the team, are they a better team? Like you take Russell Westbrook and Paul George off a team. Is that team really going to get better? I mean, I was predicting us at this point in the season to surpass the wins from last season. Now, obviously I wasn't singing that tune over the summer, but in light of where they're at, I think they would have surpassed and gotten to 50 wins, which the Thunder hasn't done since Kevin Durant left. Who knows? When it comes down to it, I think Billy Donovan has more than done his job. Uh, I, I genuinely thought it was a 50-50 shot of whether he was still going to be around by December. Mm-hmm. And then he came in and, and the Thunder's doing good things. And I always say this, coaches don't get credit when things go good. They only get the blame when things are going bad. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, so I, I, I do – I would love to have him back. And I don't see how Sam Presti doesn't offer him another contract unless he's got some hidden gem somewhere of a coach that he's just ready to bring in. And I, I don't I don't know who that guy would be. Right. So uh, I, th- I think he comes back. And I, I don't think you sign him to, like, anything crazy, like a 10-year contract. Give him – you know, I don't know what's standard for coaches. It's probably something similar to players with, like, a three-year contract, something like that. I think give him three years and – you're going to find out pretty quickly what kind of coach he is. He's got these young guys in three years. What is he doing with this young talent? And I think in those three years, I think the Thunder's in a really good position to be a contender. Zach, tell, um, tell our listeners, first of all, where they can find you on Twitter and get your content. Uh, yeah, you can follow us at, at the Thunder guys on Twitter. Obviously haven't been put, putting out a lot of content because of the, the dryness of the lack of uh, what's been going on. But I'll tell you right now, with things starting to kick back up, uh, it's time to start cranking out some more stuff. And uh, I'm ready to get back to work, basically, <laughs> in that, that perspective. So it's, uh, it's exciting that we're finally starting to get some little tidbits of news. And I think before long, we'll be right back in the swing of things. Yeah, and as things uh, as things pick back up, man, we'll have you back on whether we're doing an isolated podcast like this or whether we just do it as a segment on the, the normal uh, Sooner Nation podcast. Thanks so much for your time and, and hanging out with this, and I'll let you get back to your family and enjoy your uh, your lockdown. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. See you, brother.